guys aren't rattled. They just keep playing, and, and I think that's why we've been able to get to get these points. Like it's you know they're not throwaway points. It's important. We, we're still working our way kind of through our game here. Uh, it's 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 not all negative. There's you know we know we've got to get better, and we, we will get better. But uh, there's still a, a lot of good things happening that are putting us in these in these spots. It's very obvious where we need to continue to grow. Um, we're not there yet, but uh, we put ourselves in, in a good position uh, nonetheless. Ben Morning Show, Sports 959 of the fan, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. Yeah, my goodness. I would hope that it, people don't view it as all negative. I, such a window into what it is to be a Leaf that they have won back-to-back games. I'll be hit both in needing a shootout, but for him to have to preface his remarks with, it's not all bad. <laughs> Even I, like, I, yeah, the opening 20 minutes against the Panthers was dog do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was horrible. That was all bad. That was awful. They got the two points, which is good. In the final 40 minutes, while I didn't think they dominated the mm-hmm. game like you did, you're like, oh, greatest, greatest 40 minute stretch in Toronto Maple Leafs history against the Panthers to Feels get that like thing to overtime. Oh, like hang the banner, played I no, I the best. 40 minutes of the season against the Panthers after one of the worst 20-minute stretches of the season. Don't make me do my Ben impersonation. (laughs) Oh, oh, so he's definitely coming to the Jays, man. Oh, he's going to be a Jay. Oh, yeah, no, I'm so ready to be hurt. Oh, why wouldn't he? I don't know, because he didn't come here last time. I don't know. They weren't in it last time. All right. But yeah, no, actually, just quickly on on Shohei, I have decided uh, Monday when we're done the show is when he can sign because the Leafs Mm. don't play till Thursday after that, which... Mm, now I'm mad again. Why'd you make me look at the Leafs schedule? Now uh, I'm angry. Uh, how about during the show on Monday? That'd be fine. But yeah, obviously, like, Eight o'clock. it's not all bad for a Leafs team that is racking up points and still sitting on five regulation wins, which is, like, I, I'm trying to remember how I view these things when it's not happening this way for the Maple Leafs. Mm. Because I, I have in previous years, like, looked at other teams who have racked up points, and boy, how legit is this team? What a start for right. that team. What's exactly happening here? Mm. Guess what? I do. Yeah. Like, I do evaluate how mm-hmm. these points are manifesting themselves. And yes. the number one reason to believe a team is a paper tiger is because they're racking up a bunch of wins in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's that's just a fact. But that's not to say that the Leafs are a bad team or have played at their best, or can't improve, or can't improve their roster at the trade deadline. I think all those things are true. Yeah. See, so yeah, there's a positive side of things. And also, that like, there's different... The regular season means different things to different franchises, and I guess you can view this regular season two different ways, and maybe mm-hmm. the players are viewing it not this way, but I think for us who are trying to analyze if this is the year, like, well, how does this team compare to the previous iterations of the Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner of Toronto Maple Leafs. Is this the year they're going to break through? We can only use the evidence that's in front of us, which is an 82-game sample. And so, as a result, we have to take a Mm -hmm. (laughs) 65-minute... They're all 65 minutes for the Maple Leafs. And then shoot out to evaluate what's different about this team. So, yeah, it's, it's not just... I know sports, what I love about sports mm-hmm. is that there's winners and losers and there's binary things and there's just, you know, the, the, it's a meritocracy. It's not necessarily, though, with this team because it, there's an artistic, like, it is judged. Like, there's, there's people 
putting up signs, 8.6. Yeah. And right now, they're hanging around like 6.3. A, a lot of French judges. Yeah. You're right. There are. There is. And, yeah, like, it's a subjective thing. You can look at it. And I think that I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I think this Leafs team is a Rorschach test. Like, you can, whatever you believed about them heading into this season, you can squint and see it. If you thought this was a group that is just needed tweaks, you can see that. If you think this is a group that has major flaws, you can point to certain things and, and see that. I think they're a group that, I'm going to say it again, they're right in the mushy middle of the NHL. They might be at the high end of the mushy middle, but that's where they are. They're a team that maybe has good goaltending now, though. Maybe. Uh, they had good goaltending last season. Ilya Samson was great during the regular season. It's good. He's great during the six-game series against Tampa Lightning. And then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And Joseph Wall, by the numbers, was, was good. good enough, right? Yeah. Um, Joseph Wall's been outstanding now in three consecutive games. And Maple Leafs have an original six matchup and another Atlantic division matchup yep. against a team that's... that's the they beast fall, of the East. Yeah, but they've fallen on hard times now. Like yep. the, the Bruins, you know, they're, they're racking up regulation losses all the time now. Four of them, 15-4 and three. The, the Bruins also have... They had their get-right game last night, 3 nothing against Sharks. Uh, they also have 13 regular, regulation wins to the Leafs five, but yep. whatever. Last time they played, it was the only shootout the Leafs have lost this season against the Bruins, um, but they played them pretty straight up and yeah. even. But these are the games like, boy, if this is a team that only gets up for certain games during mm-hmm. the regular season, that would be one yeah. on Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. I, I know they're not going away from Ilya Samson up forever, but considering the time off and the lack of back-to-backs, you have to go back to Joe Wall here, don't you? I That's what I would be doing. I If he would have stubbed his toe yesterday, you can make the case to go to Samsonov, but you got to go to Wall. And is it frustrating that you're not going to have another game after this one till Thursday? Yeah, just ask me about it. But, uh, yeah, you got to stick with the hot hand. It's a, you need good goaltending to win, and he's giving it to you right now. You need a good quarterback play to win in the NFL. Can confirm. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are getting that. I mean, they, they lost to the Eagles uh, a couple of games after that blowout loss in San Francisco. But Dak Prescott has been out-freaking standing ever since that Week 5 loss um, in Santa Clara. Let's talk to our pal Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS, who joins us every Friday. How's it going, Charles? Going great. How about you guys? Doing very well. Um so it, there's going to be another test for the Cowboys upcoming against their div, uh, division rivals, <laughs> the the Eagles. But it's hard not to watch yeah. the, the way Dak has played in recent days and think, man, maybe they are back on that same tier as the Niners and Eagles. Yeah, it's, it's funny how it works, isn't it? And the way that he's playing, the way the Cowboys have been playing, we're right back to where the pendulum has swung to, wow, they really can be good. And if this is the best we see out of Dak, and what I thought was most impressive for him last night was it's a team that people respect across the league. I know Seattle struggled coming in. You know, you almost forget the record. You almost forget they'd lost, you know, multiple games out of their last four coming in. But it's Seattle. It's Pete Carroll. It's, it's, it's you know, in your mind, the Legion of Boom and, and a team getting better. The team that made the playoffs last year with Geno Smith, which was a great story. And then they pressed the heck out of Dallas last night. The way the game started looked like Dallas was going to just run away, didn't it? That first drive, and there they go, and off they go. And then Seattle just kept hanging. All of a sudden, you look up and go, man, we've got ourselves a great game here. And Dak came through big. Now, let's just, be, let's just put it all on the table, though, right? 
if somehow Dallas plays poorly and he lays an egg against Philadelphia, oh, yeah. what's our conversation the next time we talk? We're right back to where we were. Yep. So he's got to press it through against the Eagles. And I would dare say there's no such thing as a moral victory when we talk about professional sports. We know that. But I would dare say that they play a heck of a game and he plays really well against Philadelphia and somehow they come up short, the narrative won't be bad. But if they get jumped on, if he plays poorly, we're right back to that. Ah, the Cowboys beat teams that aren't very good and they don't beat teams that are good. Here we go. So they really need a great game against Philly. Yeah, and so much of it is avoiding that one big mistake late, right? Like I can as you were saying yeah. that, I can picture you I can picture Dak having played a great game and then there's that drive where oh. they got to force something to happen oh. and it goes back. the Like I could just see it happening. Right. And it's like, that has yeah, been the, the fatal flaw. And boy, you want to talk about narratives. It's like, it leads us right into like, ah, Jalen hurts just finds a way Dak finds a way to not <laughs> like it, it's right there. Uh, Charles, I know this is uh, not what we normally do. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to ask you about a defensive player and not a defensive lineman. We, we got to talk about this Deron Bland. You know, you were a safety in your playing days. Yeah. What are you seeing from him? I mean, this is special. We've seen, we've seen defensive players that are able to get their hand on the ball more times than not. But to yeah. be able to run back so many picks like this, this is just special what we're seeing now. As a former DB yourself, what are you seeing that he's been able to do this year and really early on in his career? Because, I mean, he had five picks last year too. Yeah, it's it, it's really nuts, the second part of being able to run them back. I've seen guys have those hot streaks where they come in and there's a bunch of interceptions. We had it a couple of years ago with um, Trayvon Diggs. Yep. Remember with, with, with Dallas where he had that big flurry. Um, Everson Walls is a name in Cowboy lore. As an undrafted free agent rookie out of Grambling, led the, net, led the NFL in interceptions his first two seasons. The first year, I think, was double digits. So we see this where it happens, where a guy gets locked in, the ball finds him, as we like to say. But in this case, I think Deron Bland is finding the ball. To me, it's a combination of his film study, terrific instincts, and the confidence to trust what he's seeing in front of him. We always talk about trust your eyes. If you've done your prep, trust your eyes and go make the play. You can always tell the guys who just have that little bit of uncertainty because they're right around it but the play doesn't get finished with Deron Bland. The play gets finished. And then of course he's off to the races. He, he transitioned so quickly from defensive back to running back. It's really impressive because wasn't it? I think it was Thanksgiving day. How about the run back he made there? That yeah, looked yeah. like a running back making a play <laughs> at the end of it mm-hmm. and, and avoiding people and doing all that. So it really is fun to watch. And he has, he has that extreme confidence right now. And I will guarantee you, Dan Quinn in the defensive meetings as the defensive coordinator has told him, you just keep riding this wave. Mm-hmm. And if somehow there's a mistake that's made and he guesses wrong, they'll live with it. Because right now they are plus what? <laughs> with, with his instincts and his gamble, so-called gambles, because they really aren't. They're much more educated guesses. Yeah, I, I love that Nance call of the, the run back on, on Thanksgiving. when yeah, he that ident- was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he identified what was happening uh, right in the moment. Uh, so the, the game you got this weekend is one that is really important as far as the AFC playoff picture is concerned. Broncos, Texans in Houston. Texans coming off uh, the the disappointing loss uh, in a divisional fair against the, the Jags, but hanging in there above 500. The Broncos, uh, to me, are one of the stories of the season, especially after giving up the 70-burger 
to the Dolphins. They find yep. themselves above 500. And boy, I, I, I listen, I was piling on the, the Sean Payton narrative and, and thinking that this was the worst move of his entire career. But you got to give him an incredible amount of, uh, of kudos for how he's turned that team around. I mean, do, look at these two teams. Like, is one of these teams a playoff team? Because right now, they're both on the outside looking in. Who has the best shot of making the AFC playoff picture in your mind? The crazy part is probably Denver because of schedule. I think the way things finish, Denver, you know, they play two teams that have winning records right now down the stretch. And one of them is Sunday Houston. The weird part is, you know, when they do all this analysis of, you know, who has the, the odds of making the playoffs, if both, you know, whoever loses this weekend, you know, it, it says like, okay, if Denver loses, their playoff odds drop precipitously. If Houston loses this weekend, they drop, but they still are in a great range to get it done. But the way Denver is playing with Peyton and, and, and you know, the playoff pedigree from before, I think the schedule kind of, kind of lines up for them that way. But this Houston team just doesn't go away. They just they they've already got that D'Amico Ryan's <laughs> stamp that's in them already. I mean, they played seven straight games decided by one score or the final possession. The last three ball games they got beat in their losses because they went four and three in that seven game stretch. The losses, field goal at the buzzer, field goal at the buzzer, missed field goal by them at the buzzer. They've lost those three games. They've lost by combined seven points with a rookie quarterback who's just extraordinary right now, and an offensive line that's never come close to being settled. In fact, they lost another one of their great players, Titus Howard, last week. What we're watching for both sides is off the charts. But I think Denver gets a little more attention because when you get seventy put on you early in the year, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're in the playoff race, that doesn't compute. Remember, Denver started zero and three, one and five. 0-3, oh, 1-5, and, and, and here we are at 6-5. And by the way, in this five-game winning streak, the last four wins have been against teams that came in above 500 when they played Denver. And two of them won division titles last year, and one of them won the Super Bowl last year. It really is extraordinary what we're watching, that we're even having this discussion. And I said to someone the other day, one of my crew, crew, uh, crew partners, I said, hey, if they'd called us about six weeks ago and said, guys, we're going to send you to Houston for Denver, Houston, what would you have done? He said, I would have called someone and said, what did we do to you? <laughs> and now look, now look at us. We couldn't wait to get to Houston. Yeah, man, that, that Texans team specifically for you is voted well. I mean, we were joking about it, I don't know, three, four weeks ago when there was them and the Jags, I think it was, and they had the uh, That the was game. the Bucs game. That's right, it was the Bucs. Yeah, the Bucs game. Incredible that? That's right, yeah. So, uh, hey, Texans have been really good to you this year. Uh, in terms of another one, I know most a lot of people are going to have their eyeballs on. Uh, in Philly, 49ers-Eagles, this is effectively for the number one seed in, in the NFC. You know, I, I know the Eagles still would have a pretty clean shot at it, even if this game doesn't go their way. But if the 49ers want any shot, it's got to be this weekend. The thing I've been wondering about is what we'll see out of Philly. I mean, the 49ers have to win this game. And again, I don't expect the Eagles to take their foot off the gas, but this is very possibly a playoff matchup in about a month's time. How much do you think we'll see a little bit more of a maybe vanilla offense or a vanilla just version of themselves from the Eagles to try to keep some things in the chamber for, for the, you know, what I think is inevitable playoff matchup between those two. 
Yeah, I don't think we'll see that at all. I really don't because Nick Nick Sirianni is a head coach and his staff. You know, remember I said about extreme confidence of Deron Bland? Yep. Nick, Nick Sirianni and his staff have extreme confidence. Mm. So they don't sit there and say, okay, we've got to hold a few things for the playoffs. No, they say, yeah, we'll just design something different. Okay, so let's just go with what we've got right now, what we think is going to win here. And then when it comes time, if we have to do it again, we're smart enough. We're good enough. We'll come up with other things. We'll come up with different twists. The the the, the brotherly shove play, the tush push, we're seeing people use variations of it now to where they're not doing the actual sneak, right? We're seeing where they're pitching it to people yeah. and running all sorts of different plays. Can you imagine what Philadelphia is going to pull out when the time is right for them off of that? Because their success rate in running that play is so high. You've gotten to the point where you just don't expect anything else to come at you. So I think that Nick Sirianni's already got some some variations and some some change ups off of that. I just don't see them holding back on anything because there is one part of this game that I think we'll hear more and more about as as as, as we get closer to the game. Philly still harbors a major chip that the quarterbacks got hurt for San Francisco last year, mm. and a lot of people have said, ah. You know, if Purdy had played the whole way, I don't know if the game would have been quite like. And that just drives Philadelphia nuts. Mm. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Injuries are part of it. You got a deal, okay? I don't want to hear about it. My quarterback been here. If this guy had been there, and I do think that that really will give them a little fuel going in because they'd love to win a game against San Francisco, and they'd love for Purdy to be upright the entire ball game and get it done. That is just something that I've, I've talked to a couple of my friends in Philadelphia. And that is a bigger deal there than I think most of us have picked up on nationally. Uh, Sunday night, or is Patrick Mahomes' first trip to, to Lambeau Field against a Packers team that's still in it, in, in the playoff picture at yeah. five and six? And, and playing better. Yeah, and Jordan Love, I think, is playing a lot better. Man, on, on Thanksgiving, that was a, a real eye-opening performance. I mean, again, like we're, we're so... We're so eager to throw dirt on on players and early on sure. in the season. I mean, is the jury still out on Jordan Love and that Packers team? I, I think it is out, but I think that the jury's coming in with votes increasingly moving in their direction where the Packers are going to be okay. You go back to Aaron Rodgers' first year; they didn't go. They they think they went six and ten that first year. Okay, seven and nine, and he played well, but he wasn't the Aaron Rodgers we came to know later. We saw it starting to come. He's been on the bench for a while. He did a lot of rust to knock off, and, and, and you don't get better by not playing. It just doesn't work that way, okay? You might get more rested, but you're not going to get better. And it just takes some time. I'll put it to you this way. A couple of my trusted friends around the league who are in personnel, scouting, GM positions, some of them have quietly told their staffs, hey, we got to jump it up on the quarterback evaluations for this year because there could be a ton of college quarterbacks coming out that you're going to need to evaluate. It's a big year for quarterbacks, potentially. Some of them may decide to stay in. All that being said, Green Bay, I think, I don't think they have to worry about it. They've got their quarterback. They just have to get better around him now. I think they've seen enough. We saw him against Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. As you've noted, he's playing better now. I just think he needed to play. Other places where you think that they're okay at quarterback or you thought they were, they may have to go back into the quarterback pool. I don't think Green Bay is one of them. And this has become a much better game than we thought a few weeks ago. 
And as you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes going to Lambeau for the first time. And he's a youngster who likes, you know, history of the game, understands it. I have a feeling he's going to enjoy going to Green Bay and trying to have a big moment at Lambeau Field because he's really continuing to try and get his offense kick-started and bring these receivers along who really had a rough game a couple weeks ago in, in the feature ball game on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that's interesting. Honestly, I hadn't thought about it being Mahomes' first trip there. And yeah, he certainly does feel like a sense of, or a guy with, I mean, it's easy to have a sense of the moment when you're good in all of them. So maybe, maybe that's just the reason yeah. we think he has this sense of the moment. But yeah, I could I could very much uh, see that. Uh, last one but from me before we let you go, Charles. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's really, really going to push this thing. Uh, he had the quote, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, I think tearing his Achilles again, I think yeah, would but be now the he's, bad he's side got of that. He's got a whole off season. Got a whole off season. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's your read on Rodgers? What do you expect? What do you make of the whole situation, Charles? I still think that the Jets have to win a game or two to make this thing happen. Because I just don't under I just don't see him coming back in a meaningless game where the Jets are totally done, cooked out of it. I, the practices have started, but look, practice versus Doing it for real. I don't talking know about practice, Charles. We talking about practice. Hey, listen, listen. If we want to go to the answer right now, we can do it. You know, <laughs> the game I go out there and die for. The game I kill myself for. And we talking about practice. Come on, man. No, seriously. When you get down to it, for him, he is waiting to see if his team comes along, gives him a reason to play. Now, if he goes out and plays, and they're totally out of it. That is for another reason. And to me, that would be to tell the ownership, I like Robert Sala and I like Joe Douglas, the GM. Because right now, that chatter has started. Mm. Okay? Mm. Head coach, GM, I know there have been injuries, but we really haven't made the improvement on our record. If he likes them and goes out and plays in a meaningless game, that tells you a lot. And management in that point, I think he would save their jobs. <laughs> okay, and I'm not saying that they're going to get fired because I wouldn't, but I'm just saying that's where the chatter has started. But I do think that he's waiting to see, will this team put us in a position where my coming back actually means something? Because mm-hmm. you're really risking a lot. I mean, what he's doing is just so far off the charts. Cam Akers came back way early, last, was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. Remember from, from the torn Achilles? He yep. set kind of a, a land speed record to do it. Aaron would shatter that land speed record, but are we shattering it for the right reasons? And are you truly ready to go? Yeah. And are you shattering that Achilles? Uh, are you risking doing it again? Ow. Uh, yeah. You, uh, just, just saying that, I mean, it just hurts. I don't even want to get up and no. walk right now. No. At my age, <laughs> the idea of tearing an Achilles just, just terrifies me. Just yeah. terrifies me. No, it sounds not great. Uh, Charles, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah, you guys take care of yourselves. And, and, and I heard you before I came on. Yes, you ride the hot goaltender. Yeah, right. you have to. See, There's Charles no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to ride the hot goaltender. I don't care who it is, how they come about doing it. Yes, always. Yeah. Love I, it. Thank I, you, Charles. All right. See you, man. Be good. Yeah, Charles Davis, NFL on CBS. Wondered if there would be an Austin Matthews reference, but yeah. No. Hasn't scored in uh, yeah, that's right, uh, hey. like three weeks, so. Yeah. I do love that Charles knows where the bread is buttered. <laughs> um... I, I view the Aaron Rodgers thing slightly different. Uh, I've I've been I've not wavered on my stance in this. Uh, I think for f- about five years on Aaron Rodgers now. But of, uh, s- stop talking. Sure, 
But you're so pot committed that, yeah, it's like, hey, you, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's only here because of you yeah. and Alan Lazard. Like, oh, it was too yeah. bad. Like, we, he, we couldn't even – we couldn't allow that to continue right. to manifest itself. But <laughs> whatever. You want Robert Sala back? Sure. Whatever. Yeah. We're doing this again next year pretty mm-hmm. clearly. We're Again, even if we don't want to, even if we wish we had a redo, we're already here. Like, we got no other recourse. But here's the thing. If we're eliminated from playoff contention, which they're ba- they are essentially yes. already. Yes. You have to throw your body in front of this. Like, I, I don't care how much Aaron Rodgers wants okay, to play so in meaningless who, football games. Who in the organization is allowed to tell him no? Well, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't said no to anything right to this point. So who's allowed? <laughs> Woody Johnson. Okay, would be the only guy. I guess. Yeah, no, he's going to listen to the, <laughs> one of the co-Johnsons of Johnson and Johnson. He's definitely going to listen to of all people that guy. Yeah, it's funny how that works out. Yeah, because I think yeah, maybe it, maybe he did. Was Woody he Johnson's am- politics probably yeah. not aligned with the product? I feel that he like makes. I feel like he was an ambassador to somebody somewhere once yeah, upon a time. Yeah, he's so the send American it ambassador to, to England. England. Yes. So send it from the desk of the former ambassador to England, and not uh, mm. not Johnson. Johnson. It's just honestly, it, there's never, well, I shouldn't say never. There's been a lot of look at me athletes in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. He's he's in the high, like upper, I don't know, like three percentile of it. This guy loves attention. And I guess I can't begrudge him, but it's been so clear that he thought this was gonna be his big, like big sexy Aaron Rodgers near year in New York. Sure. And he just has to make it a point that people have talked to like he has bled this out the way some teams bleed out their off-season news. Like, all right, we'll plan a little something here every two mm-hmm. weeks, every three weeks. Oh, they're, I'm on primetime because apparently we have to watch the Jets on primetime every week. Better mm-hmm. better make sure to get to the stadium. When we're not on primetime, I'll just sit that one out. I don't need to show Although, up for those games. Like, it, it's... Was, I, I'm just so sick and tired of them. Quite what frankly. was the game? We saw the first ever flexing out of a Monday night football game. The, the, oh, coming right. up in December. I can't remember. But I, uh, I, I, I shouldn't have mentioned that if I didn't have the details on it. Here's what I do have the details on. It's like, oh, uh, the Steelers and New England Patriots play the next Thursday mm. night football game. Yeah. And yeah, Al Michaels had a nice little run. And yesterday was a great game for him. Nice little run. He did. What? Well, he no, had that AFC North divisional affair. Although, I mean. Like he's dead. That's <laughs> no, of games that are of relevance on yes. Thursday Night Football. Agreed. And sure, like the Steelers are a playoff team in the AFC and, and might now have like a more than cromulent offense mm-hmm. that Matt Canada has, has sent to parts unknown. Pats are one of the worst teams in the NFL and yes. are a struggle. They're, 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 they're like sticking needles in your eyeballs. Yep. You watch them play football. <laughs> and in fact, I've never seen this before. In the way they promoted next yeah. week's Thursday Night Football game. I could not believe this. I mean, you had T.J. Watt on the Steelers side. Yeah, hey, totally. Of course. And yeah, you're, you're not going to have anybody on the offense there because like, yeah, okay, they they had a lot of yards yeah, last yeah. They only scored 16 points last week anyways. Yeah. But for the Pats, they're like, yeah. we got nobody. Like, there's not even a single player. It's Bill Belichick. They should have just put Pat Patriot, the like old <laughs> retro version of their logo. I've never seen that before. They, there's, it's a miracle that Amazon doesn't have a former Patriot working there. I feel like every other pregame mm-hmm. show has one. It's like they could you imagine? It's like it cuts to it's like an ESPN game, and there's just Teddy Grusey or Brucey and Randy Moss like dapping each other up in the thing yeah. instead of it being Belichick or whoever. It is, it is so telling of exactly what this franchise is. I do have the details on that flex. You oh, mentioned yeah, yeah. it. 
I, I got to be honest. I'm floored that this is happening. Now, the game that is being bumped into Monday night for week 15, Eagles-Seahawks, great game. Mm-hmm. And no issues with that getting flexed. To do that, right. they are flexing out the Chiefs. Yes. Now, it's Chiefs-Patriots. I understand why, but I'm floored. Like, the idea of Patrick Mahomes getting told, you get off of well, prime and time. maybe Taylor Swift. And maybe Taylor Swift, although I don't, I, I, I'm not, I feel like those appearances have dried up. Have she been well, poking around? Touring. Don't know. She was in Brazil. I we got know. A, we got she a, was at the Beyonce premiere. It true to form, much like I threatened the folks at City News six eighty. I will walk down that hall and ask her deep uh-huh. what's going on. No, I'm sure you're going to do def- that. No, I definitely won't. I don't even. I'm I'm too afraid to talk to him when we see him in the hall. I'm like, no, Ben's cool enough to <laughs> talk to him, but I'm a not. Comment to me. He's like, hey, golf hat, and, I'm, and you're like, I just I'm like, man, I don't know. It's yeah. the most awkward interaction. It's my favorite thing. I wish you all see it. Quite honestly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't. I don't wish anyone could see it. All right. Time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. LeBron James mm. averaging the most points ever by somebody in their what, like twenty second season? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> the previous absurd. record was seven. Vince Carter averaging over seven, and LeBron averaging over twenty. Um, Same thing. He's still not at the peak of his powers, but man. Pretty impressive he's a, for he's a guy at the peak of a lot of people's powers. He's born in the same year as me, and uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not averaging more than oh, 20 points a game. Just the idea of thinking of you and LeBron is yeah. the same. No, we're the Maybe same species. Very funny to me. Yeah, we're barely. I'm older than him, but only slightly. <laughs> uh, okay, he said that if his son Bronny, who at last check was having cardiac arrest and has been activated though, yeah, he he's practicing. Yeah, he's he's doing great apparently. If he makes his USC debut on the same day the Lakers are playing, LeBron will miss the Lakers game to attend Bronny's game. And he is on record as saying, quote, family over everything. Brent, you're going to tell us why that's the wrong decision. Go ahead. Uh, I mean. Oh, wait, you actually are? Well, I mean. Oh, wait. (laughs) I thought this was a layup for everybody to to have the family feels and, and, and what should we prioritize our work or our family, and here you are. Uh, oh, you actually are going to do Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no I'm going to clear up. I mean, honestly, it's like my family would be like, yeah, shocker, you'd take this take, that your work, the most important thing in your life. But I don't know. Like, do we, does LeBron not think his kid's going to play in the NBA? What's he going to do? Sit that game? Oh, right. He's going to make the Lakers draft him. That's probably what's going to happen there. If you think your kid's going to play in the NBA – him playing his first college game at USC where he's there for, I don't know, a year, two years, whatever. I don't, like, does it matter? I'm not going to kill him for it. He's This is part of what it is when you sign a guy who is effectively in living retirement right now. Like, this is what happens, okay? So I'm not going to kill LeBron for it, but, yeah, it's like, I man... I'm the wrong guy to ask about no, this because no, no. I admit, no, 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 no. I forget which Yankees player it was, but it's like, ah, oh, it's the birth of their it's fourth Mark kid. Teixeira. And it's a playoff game. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, no. it's the wrong opinion, I know. But no. my honest to goodness reaction is, eh, I don't know. Maybe no, they'll play in the playoff we, game. We don't have to be binary on this because I agree with you on the Mark Teixeira of it all. And like, man, yeah, it sucks. Like, you should be at the birth of all your children. You should be at every birthday. Like, what of kind of a parent? No, like, sorry, that's part of the deal. You take the $30 million a year, you're yeah. a pro athlete. That's, I'm sorry, there do are different the, expectations. Do the People yell at you and like, yeah, it's a different life. You don't want it? Like, yeah. you can quit. Yeah. Like, give the money back. Yeah. Go be a normal person. Yeah. Like me, who right. takes time off 
to do family stuff yeah. all the time. Not you, you did a, it last Friday. Yeah, not a second of qualm about it, right? right. Like, no, I'm totally fine. <laughs> uh, I will take it off. Like, yeah, my kid gets sick, and uh, I, I need to attend to that. Like, that's priority for me. I work. Hey, it's not a normal. I was about to call it a normal job. It's not a normal no. job, but I'm closer no. to normal yes. than a pro athlete. Yes. That's different than, like, the first game for your kid coming off the medical issue that he did. I do, like, I, I view that slightly different. Like, if this was just, like, game one of the season and, like, everything had gone okay. normally for Bronny, I honestly, I don't think we're having this conversation either. I don't think LeBron is making that that point of, uh, I honestly, of making that statement. I honestly hadn't thought of the medical issue, and I guess I probably should have. I don't know that that's the case. I wouldn't be shocked if in... I don't know, two years' time or whatever. I think it's Bryce is his is his uh, younger son's name. If when he's playing college game, it's like Ben, you're a parent. You're gonna you're gonna show up for one kid's first game and not the others, yeah. and they're very differing circumstances here. And who's to say LeBron's still in the NBA when all this ha- like? But I I do look at it and say I don't know. It's a regular season game. If you think your kid has greater things ahead of him, then maybe be there for those things. But I also I I understand the push and pull of it all. And the other, and again, I I think it's prefaced with LeBron James gets a little more leeway than I don't know, like just to pick a guy, Paul George, a guy in the exact same city. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know, what have you done? You're in your thirties. You never won it. Like LeBron gets a little more rope with these things. He's a legend. He's the greatest or second greatest or third or whatever. However you want to frame your goat argument, and people get angry. I think he's the best, but whatever. Okay, it's like. You get leeway when you're that guy. You get to do these things. It was the opposite for like 80s Oilers. It's like whenever they needed a big game out of Wayner, they'd fly in his dad because it's what it would take. So, yeah, like you make concessions for truly great players. And to bring it back to the workplace thing, it's like, guess what? The sales guy who like smashes his quota over everyone else probably gets a little more leeway than you who's barely, you know, Hitting your target or whatever. I don't I'm understand. I'm barely sales. hitting my target. No, I, the royal you. Not, I thought not, I was hitting not, my target. Not you, right in the not, square in the not middle. Not you, Ben. You, beloved listener, <laughs> driving in your car. You're the failure at sales. <laughs> no, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. No. And pro athletes you didn't are think held to I was, a different standard. You didn't think I was going to do that? You thought I was going to go, you leave LeBron alone. He's allowed to take all the time off he wants. Mm-hmm. You thought I was going to say that? No. No, Generally you, speaking, leave LeBron alone from me is a pretty like safe expectation of my opinion to be. So I I, I, I'm glad you brought up the other side of it because yeah, listen, I I love to to rip on pro athletes who think they're you know they they should be allowed the same latitude that mm-hmm. we are in our normal lives and should have the same expectations at their workplace, like yeah. as if being on a basketball court, being on a baseball field, being on yeah. the ice is the same as John showing Hamm. up for work. Like John Ham said it best. It's not. That's, That's what, what the money's the, for. It is what the money is for. Um, but, yeah, if you can push it, good for you. All right. Uh, when we come back, lots more, including the wake and rake. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sports at 590 The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. And you shouldn't. Put all your faith in Las Vegas. There was a most recent 
U.S. presidential election in which I, I really got a lot wrapped up into how Vegas viewed that thing going. I got to say, I uh, would never do it here, but, like, that was one of my favorite things of, like, doing night shows of, like, night of the election. Always get a handicapper on There's, just to talk about it, do it prop bets with it. And it's like, yeah, it's like it oh. has real impact, so it's a little different than, like, you know, sports <laughs> betting where it's just like, ah, team won a sort game. Of, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah, whatever. We don't, it's, a, it's a whole other show. Yeah. It's like five other shows. I love election night. I do, too. I love, love, love. Yeah, because we love sports. Yeah, that's so it's like, all it is. I know. The, again, the news people are like, oh, my God, what a crazy night. Everything's changing all the time. I got to like, keep up with it. You guys should be yeah. sports fans. We do oh, this every night. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> this in-season tournament? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. It's great. No, anyway. that's, that's why we love it. But I mentioned Las Vegas and how maybe we should or shouldn't view odds changing as – reason to believe there's maybe inside information or 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 an indication of of a true change in perception. Right. I got to tell you I've been, I've been watching the Shohei Otani free agent destination odds mm-hmm. going up and down and Blue Jays hey that they were like in the top 10 at the outset that was wow. People must truly believe that there's a chance chance chance. I'm looking at them now and the Dodgers are still favored, right? Mm-hmm. Like and I, like I said in the outset, during the 6 o'clock hour, I still think that the Dodgers land Shohei Otani. As but, do I. But if they don't, I think he's a Toronto Blue Jay. Las Vegas agrees. Dodgers plus 125 to land Shohei Otani. The Blue Jay is now your second favorite at plus 300, which in a in a scenario like this, it's 3-1. to one. Like in an individual hockey game, that's a ginormous number that you mm-hmm. never see. Right. But it, we're talking about... I like how you have to put it in that for me. You're like, hey, Brent, this isn't hockey. Yeah. This is very good. <laughs> that, I bet golf, buddy. That's an awesome number, okay? Yeah. 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 Like, I bet on golf tournaments, okay? Okay, <laughs> like, prime Tiger before a Thursday of a of a tournament to win the tournament. He's not plus 300 to win, 3-1. to one. Like, he's probably plus 500 maybe at, at prime, the peak of his honestly, power. Honestly, I do bet prime Tiger there were some, like, plus 250s, quite yeah. honestly. It's like, Tiger's a freak, but... I. Point taken. That's I, so. So here, a, okay. Oh, how, do oh, it? how do you view it? How do you view it? How do you how do you view it? How do Before, I view? Yeah. Honestly, I view it as, and this doesn't mean it's not true, but I view it as there is so little information here that group think spreads mm-hmm. like wildfire. Yeah, and so because people have to understand the, the way these lines are moved. That like Vegas doesn't want to be exposed here. Exactly. They don't want to be like plus a thousand, and he, there's an actually legitimate right. chance he becomes a Blue Jay, and they lose the, the ton yeah. of money. That is my read on it. Is that there is so little known that anybody with just a thought or a kernel that might come from informed speculation, as we talked about earlier that that starts to inform what other people are thinking and that once any team that's not the Dodgers gains momentum, there starts to be a belief that way. Now, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be a belief. That doesn't mean that this coming out of thin air or anything like that. But that's my read on it is it does just feel, for whatever reason, that there is more of a buzz. And again, because of the lack of this, again, it's so different from other free agencies where you'd hear at least something, some scuttlebutt. There'd be an agent that'd be kind to talk into some... You're getting none of it. So that, to me, is what it is, is that there is so much groupthink that any change is just like wildfire and it starts to spread across the market. So that, that, that's my read on honestly, it. Honestly, so the, yeah, that sounds like it's, you know, Vegas is moving its line based on Twitter speculation, 
which I, I, don't, like to me. I don't discount the possibility. I mean, if you want to be a negative Nelly about it, you, you would go back to the Jeff Passan report from a couple of weeks ago who said, like, Shoei's going to hold it against whatever team right. well, divulges I, anything. And nothing's been divulged, but, like, that that this would actually indicate the opposite of what is actually happening. I don't know if I necessarily believe that either because, again, this is based on nothing tangible. Well, and, again, if you – the that's the other part of it is that I've – and I, you know, I know the, the, the passings of the world, their job is to suss all this out, but it's like, why wouldn't other teams just constantly be leaking? Like, ah, oh, the Blue Jays are, are there, just can't stop flapping their gums about X, Y, or, or Z. I like, that's the other part of it is it's like, there's only impetus for other teams to normally you would want to be poo-pooing other teams chances of, of getting a guy, but maybe saying that another team has a better chance because of the importance of secrecy actually increases your chances. Like it is such a, such an odd circumstance. We find ourselves in with this. How, how much did you let yourself believe that the Maple Leafs were going to sign John Tavares? Not, not a ton, but like way more than this. I thought that I honestly did expect to get burned again. Stamco style where it's like, it's right there. Da, da, da. <sighs> sorry. I'm hockey. I have to go back. I, I'm sorry. They're going to be so mad at me. I, I really did think that I thought, I mean, if, if I'm putting the show, Hey chances at, I don't know, like 15%, I feel like Tavares was probably like a 35, 40 for me. Yeah. Once, like once, that. once he wasn't going to return to the Island or I guess he still could have, but not on yeah, an eight year not extension. On an eight year. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel like it was more realistic. It did yeah, but still I could feel never, like a surprise. But, but I all could, yeah, that's the thing. I could never let my, like, I just, I know who I am. There's no part of me. He could have, he could have been walking around Oakville in Leafs t-shirts the week prior. And I would have said, I don't know. I think he's just setting us up to hurt us. Like, I, there's just no part of me that could have let myself believe any more than I did. But you're right. Like, the tea leaves mm. were trending so much more in the Leafs kind and, of favor. And the difference there he's from here well but also like the format of free agency in the national hockey league that was on canada it was like opening of free agency well they get it done and everyone wants to go to the cottage yeah this thing could happen at any time it's kind of like (laughs) i don't know it's it's um it's almost like okay sometimes uh what i'll do to my kids at at the house here we go give it to me I love to scare people in my house, right? Like, oh, oh, I hear them coming down the stairs and like I hide around the corner and I jump out and I just, I love it. And my kids love to try and do it to me. They can't. But But it's like, imagine you, they were good at it and you were like on high alert all day. day. (laughs) Like that's almost worse than just being scared, right? So much worse. This is just get it over with. Like, let us know. Agreed. But, but Monday at, at, Eight o'clock. I'll give you an hour of the news. <laughs> By the way, I'm doing. It's not like I'm almost forty years old. I'm gonna be forty in February. Not not often you get to do something for the first. What's that? To, tonight I'm I'm going to the TSO Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Oh. I've never been to a symphony before. I'm taking my wife. It's her birthday this weekend. Okay. Um, I I'm I'm not sure how much to, I'm gonna get dressed up, and I don't think you can like overdress for I don't the think symphony. So. I guess I'm gonna cut, uh, like stop short of a monocle. And it's Good. all bad. But how, what what do we think about, like, just a, a suit well, no, with no tie? Use the term you use in your house. It's not a suit. Oh, it's a business it's suit. It's a business suit. Yeah. That's <laughs> My you five-year-old yeah. is obsessed with business suits. And, and then when we went yeah. to the, the Leaf game on Tuesday, when I you had... A business suit. Okay, so, so yeah. that... Yeah. I wore a suit. Yeah. 
with no tie. Yeah, I think does so. that sound like orchestra appropriate? That does. Um, if I could, if I could add just one more piece of sartorial uh, expertise in. You like a patterned dress shirt, I feel like. I feel like the symphony is a little more of a button-down. Oh. Like, may, I don't know that a patterned one is 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 so the move there. I think if you're going to go no tie, you want it to look just really clean, personally. You asked my opinion, I'm yeah. giving it to no, you. No, sorry, I wasn't laughing at that. I was going to solicit people's advice on the, the text line, 59590, yeah. but then I And I some looked. guy's just texting us about an ice cream sandwich for something. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, Dan from G-Town... Uh, thank you for 20, your, your text of 20 minutes ago. Just like a foot long ice cream sandwich. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> All right. I, mean, I keep can't... coming. Keep coming to the, the table with your non sequitur text. Like I also enjoy that. I did. I did. I did enjoy that. I, I did. Uh, I think you're good with business suit and a dress shirt. I don't think you need a tie. I kind of hate wearing ties. If I can ever not, I mm. always love to like not wear a tie. Yeah. You I know, cannot. <sighs> I have a big head, and yeah. I feel like I guess I have a big neck because, okay. like, I don't. I feel like my shirt is strangling me when I have to do that top button up. So when I do it, when I have a tie, I let the top button be undone and yeah. I do a tie. I don't mind the look of a tie. I yeah, just, I'm not. I, th- I think no, ties like overdoing not to. it. I prefer not to wear a tie. I I actually when I started doing leafs, it was hilarious. It's like I look back on what I wore the first time, and I was like so so dressed up, I had a tie and everything, and I was like, mm. yeah, we're not doing ties. I only wore ties Saturday nights for hockey night at, at the rink. All right, so I'm going to the TSO for the first time ever. Uh, I'm You're going to love what's on the top of the text line now. Uh-oh. Yeah. Just a little Seinfeld joke for you about a Pez dispenser uh, on the lake. Yeah. Shout out to Rob. Yeah, I actually just recently watched that episode. Of course I'm you did. Rewatching yeah. the entire run of Seinfeld as I run on my treadmill. All right. We'll revisit <laughs> little your text humble, later. Little humble brag there. What, that I could run, run. That I, Or that I own a t- treadmill? Yeah. No, that you no run on deal. it. No, the, the, like, it's like the running. Yeah. You know, anybody could own it, you know. Sometimes it, uh, yeah, it's a receptacle for dirty laundry, but yeah, no, on occasion mm, I actually run on man, it. Man, the texts are flying in. I'm very happy about all of this. I don't know how many of them we can read on air, <laughs> but I'm, I'm big into this, especially the guy texting about the size of craniums at, at the fan. But right. we okay. got stuff to do. All right. Time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bat local hockey night in Canada affair, original six style on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Boston Bruins coming to Scotiabank Arena, taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Second matchup between these two teams this season. Uh, Leafs, of course, still holding on to their five regulation wins this season. Um, last time they, they faced each other, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. Went to a shootout. Shocking. Here's what is shocking, though. Leafs lost that shootout. Yes. It's the only time they've lost in a shootout all season. Um, it was one of their better performances over the 60-plus minutes of the season. Yep. Here's the thing about this team mm-hmm. is that they do get up for individual regular season games. I expect Saturday to be the same. Yeah, I do as well. It doesn't mean they're going to win, but I expect a very more than cromulent effort. I expect this to be a group that shows up. It's typically what they've done. Marner is going to be riding that high off of the hat trick and then a fourth goal in in the shootout. Him feeling himself is just so different than most other players. Also, one other thing to keep an eye on. It's not honestly where I would have been heading, but just looking at the trends for this game, Toronto's gone over in eight of the last 11. Boston's gone over in six of their last eight. That doesn't necessarily jive with how I expect that game to play out, but 
If Mitch Marner is feeling himself offensively, that kind of alone could be enough to push it that way. So it'll be interesting to see what the total is. That's uh, definitely something to keep your your yeah. eye on, though, there, that they've hit over in both of those games, both well, teams. I, I expect the total to be low, like in the five-and-a-half region, mm-hmm. but Joe Wall is playing well. And like I said, the Leafs haven't allowed more than three yeah. goals in regulation since going back before the Sweden trip, that game against the Calgary Flames. I actually like the, the under in this game, but uh, we shall see great matchup between two very good Atlantic division opponents. That was the wake and rake presented by sports interaction, your homegrown sports book bet local. When we come back, there's a defenseman off the board. He's off to Vancouver, not to Toronto. We'll talk to Renault Lavoie of TVA sports next as the fan morning show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan.